This podcast is brought to you in part by The Pop Insider. The Pop Insider has all the latest in news, merch reviews, and other geeky goodness. Whether you're a wizard, a Sith Lord, or a superhero, fuel your fandom at thepopinsider.com. The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. to another episode of the New England Society of Geeks podcast. I'm your host, Eric, and it is time for another edition of the, the Star, Star Wars, Wars Chronological, Chronological Rewatch Experiment. Experiment. That's right, kids. It's where, it's where I rewatch the entire Star Wars saga chronologically from beginning to end, including... All animated series and television shows. If you have listened to previous episodes, or if you haven't listened to previous episodes, I should say, you can go back and go back in the feed and listen to them. I have already covered Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, and the beginning story arc of The Clone Wars, which means it is now time for another story arc from The Clone Wars. Actually, technically, this is two story arcs, and um, I found an article by the Star Wars Report, and in this article, they give a nice uh, rundown of not only the order, the correct chronological order to watch Clone Wars, which um, they jump around a lot, which is interesting. I kind of like how they've done Clone Wars, um, but it also breaks everything up into convenient story arcs for you to watch um so this episode i will be covering two different story arcs taking place over the course of three different episodes the first i'm going to cover is domino squad part one which takes place over the course of episode 301 clone cadets and then the next storyline i'm going to be covering is called toydaria duology it takes place over episode 303 and then 101 you see what i mean about how they jump around a lot because previously i covered episode 216 116 and the clone wars theatrical relief release excuse me <laughs> uh for the battle of christophsis I always have trouble saying that one. So, uh, it's interesting. So, of course, uh, let us begin with episode 301, Clone Cadets, which is part one of the Domino Squad storyline, which I find very interesting. Again, as I said, I love the way they did that. Uh, I don't know if I realized that when they were, when I originally watched Clone Wars in episode order, that they jumped around like that. So it's kind of interesting to see it. So here we go. Clone Cadets. 
Um, of course, every episode begins with a great uh, opening line, opening quote. And this one was, Brothers in arms are brothers for life. And basically, this episode is about the training of Domino Squad and how they are trying to pass their test to be allowed to go out into the universe and join the Clone Wars. Clone. I don't know why they call it the Clone Wars. It's just one war. But anyway, so uh, they're taking their test to see if they can pass and become actual clone soldiers. So there's a few interesting things in this episode. First off being Shakti is the main Jedi focus of this episode. She is train, training the clones. And um, I like Shakti. First of all, her name is awesome. Shakti. That's an awesome name. Again, it's no Kit Fisto. But it's a pretty cool one. <clears throat> so uh, she is she's a very wise Jedi indeed. And so it was, it's pretty cool that they put her in charge of training the drones um, along with a couple of bounty hunters that they have contracted. The Republic is contracted uh, to help train the clones. Yes, bounty hunters indeed. An interesting choice when you really think about it. Um, I mean, realistically, what do bounty hunters know about being soldiers? I mean, they're great at surviving and everything, but, and I mean, they have, you know, uh, I'm sure they've, there's two bounty hunters in this, Brick and Ellis, and I'm sure they've done their fair share of fighting and everything, but are they really, you know, army trained? Uh, I don't know about that, but anyway. Um, so if you follow, if you followed along on my live tweet tweeting, which is what I'm using for my notes now is my tweets from when I was watching it. I tweeted a few pictures of the episode as I was watching it, including a picture of the training facility that the clones are trained on, which to me looks like a combination of something out of Tron and... (laughs) And American Gladiators. You remember American Gladiators? Kids? Well, if you're, if you're kids, some of you might not remember remember American Gladiators. But uh, if, you've, if you grew up on American Gladiators like I did, then you, you, you would definitely recognize its influence in the clone training facility. Indeed. <laughs> um, so next up, I've discussed in previous episodes... Um, how the clones get their names, because each each clone seems to have their own nickname. Well, you find out that in this, the beginning of this episode, you find out from, you find out that the clone Echo got his name because, um, the other clones started calling him Echo because he basically is a strict rule follower and every time an order is relayed, he would repeat it. And so the clones started calling him Echo uh, because basically he would repeat the order and they would say, we all heard the orders, Echo. And apparently, for that same reason, he doesn't like being called Echo because he said, stop calling me that. And then another clone said, stop repeating every order. So there you go. Um, There was also another clone in this episode who got his 
who got his name actually from one from the bounty hunter brick who uh was upset at him and kind of got into a fight with him and um the clone kept making kind of jokes and stuff or not really jokes but brick was like are you making jokes what are you a cut up so the clone said hey i like that so i'm gonna be cut up from now on which is interesting so uh, i guess we're kind of seeing that the clones to answer a previous question of mine the clones kind of get their names in a variety of different ways sometimes they're given names by their brothers sometimes they find a way to get their own name but i guess if you're gonna pick a nickname just like any nickname in real life it's not your nickname unless it sticks so there you go which is why my nickname since high school has been chumley and that is uh the chumley the walrus from tennessee tuxedo and not that stupid guy chumley from whatever pawn stars or whatever crap that is he gives us a bad name us chumleys <clears throat> another thing i noticed about this episode is it's another episode with a bunch of clones talking to each other and i still want to know how they record that um do they have to do do they have to have the actor well, first of all let me look up the actor because i should know his name i'm sure there are people out there now screaming at me because they know his name ah yes d bradley baker so I wonder, does D. Bradley Baker, when he's having, when he's recording the, or he's recording a scene where clones are having con conversations with each other, like this, this episode was very heavy on clones talking to clones. So I wonder, does he have to record each line of dialogue individually, or does he sit there and have a conversation with himself? I mean, you know. It seems weird, but that could be how... Who knows? I would love to talk to him and find out how they actually did it. Um, especially in a case like this where they're all yelling and screaming at each other in the middle of battle and stuff. I would love to know how he, record, how he recorded those episodes. I really would. Perhaps I can uh, do an interview with him someday. That would, uh, that would be interesting. Um, and so there's one point where the, the clones initially fail their test... And the the guy, the bounty hunter Brick, who's kind of a jerk, he says, uh, send them down to maintenance duty with 99 and the other rejects. <clears throat> and of course, we find out 99 is this deformed clone who didn't come out well, so he's in charge of maintenance. But I also wonder if he could be referring to the Bad Batch as well, because we recently found out about the Bad Batch in the final season of Clone Wars. So I'm gonna have to keep my eye on that because that might be that might be a theme throughout the series that I never picked up on. So I'll have to see if there's more mention of these rejects and bad batches and such. And one thing I I had um, made a note of is is that uh, one thing I love about the Clone Wars is that you get to know the clones a little more. Uh, so you get to see them as more than just clones, which if you just stuck to just the movies, that's all they would ever be is just clones. But in the in the animated series, The Clone Wars, you get to see that they actually have their own kind of individual personalities, which makes it interesting because it, then it goes to the whole factor of how much of who you are is in your genetics and how much of it is from your environment and such. What gives you 
personality? What would what would what would give the clones who are all kind of raised the same? What would give them their own personalities? Kind of an interesting question. Again, I'm no geneticist, so I can't speak on the matter, but it's something I think I thought about. Um, and then my next note is uh, I'm kind of interested. I would be kind of interested in learning more about Camino and how the Caminoans became the Caminoans. I mean, it seems like I'm sure there's plenty of books and stuff I can read about Camino, but which I haven't gotten to yet, but I will someday. But I'm sure, I mean, it's a water planet, obviously. It rains a lot. But these the Caminoans don't seem like fish people, like the Mon Calamari or uh, the Corin are clearly derived from the ocean. Um, but the Caminoans, I don't know, they're so weird, too, with their long, freakishly long, skinny bodies and stuff. I don't know, I just want to learn, I would love to learn more about the evolution of the Caminoans on Camino. Could be interesting. Could be very interesting. I wonder if there is something, like some book out there, some Star Wars book that kind of goes over the evolution of all the different races in the galaxy. I'll have to check into that. That would be kind of cool. If any of the my listeners know of any such book or anything, then... uh please feel free to contact me about it and uh, stay tuned to the end of the show for how to contact me. But yeah, that would be, that would be something interesting that I would love to see an entire book of the evolution of the species of star Wars. Hmm, interesting. Um, okay. Next up, up oh, there it is. Um, so there's a line where they're talking about running, uh, running the test for the clones and one of the, clones tells him to run version thx variable 1138 of the test so there you go uh bringing you back of course if you don't know what thx 1138 is you know i mean as a star wars fan you should know what that is go <laughs> that goes all the way back to the creator george lucas <clears throat> um another thing i had wondered is how many bad clones there actually are and like so there's a character in this episode called 99 uh he might be in other episodes i don't remember that's why i'm doing the rewatch because i don't remember everything kids but uh he's he's very much deformed he's kind of a hunchback his face is a little messed up but i wonder how many clones come out bad and what causes a bad clone And what do they do with the bad clones? Do they all go to maintenance? How many of them are there? Or do some of them just get kind of, you know, tossed away, (laughs) thrown over over the edge into the ocean? Uh, That'd be kind of curious. I'd love to see see a book or something on that covering bad clones and what happens to bad clones. That could be interesting. Um, Next up, so there's a scene in this episode where two clones come to Shakti and they say they want to be moved to another squadron because they don't think they fit in with Domino Squad, and they think Domino Squad is going to bring them down. And Shakti says she is not going to move them to a new squad because they need to figure out how to work with their brothers. And basically she says, solve your problems as a whole, not as individuals. And I think 
that's uh that's some good advice just in regular in life in general just you know you don't have to be in this world by yourself you you can you have people even if you don't know it you should have people you can rely on even if you push people away or whatever i mean you should be able to have people to that you can rely on and if you don't that's probably your own fault and it's probably something you should maybe look into anyway not to get all philosophical on you so <laughs> another so i've decided to not only am i doing this rewatch in chronological order but i'm going to rewatch the entire thing using the closed caption feature so i won't miss anything and i'll tell you it's been it's led to some interesting things especially with some aliens uh a few times with jar jar it's it's kind of cleared up some of the stuff he said <laughs> and everything but one of the interesting things things i noticed is there's there's a a scene switch and they show the exterior of camino with the rain and everything and it's it's playing some dramatic music and it says dramatic music it makes me wonder if you're using the closed caption because you're hard of hearing and you see dramatic music what does that mean to you i wonder about that if you just see if you just see dramatic music what do you what comes to your mind i don't know i have some weird thoughts sometimes and i guess that's one of them Ooh, another one that came up was thunder cracking um so that's so obviously you would know thunder you would see lightning you could probably feel thunder especially the good ones um so is that what is that what you would think of when you see that i don't know i'm curious about that Oh, and then at one point, um, the deformed clone 99 is talking to one of his brothers from Domino Squad who wants to go AWOL, and he's trying to tell him, you know, you guys will do all right. You just need to work together and everything. And the clone, I believe his name was Heavy, because he, you know, handles heavy weaponry. Um, he said, we're nothing but a bad batch. And I wonder, at that point, when that line was written when that line was said this was back in episode 301 of the third first episode of the third season so i wonder was the bad batch that came out in season seven was that an idea in their head at this time when they said when they wrote that line or did that come from that line or i wonder i wonder ah next up then then during the same conversation uh heavy says we're just numbers, 99, just numbers. And uh, having worked in factories as my day job a lot, I know that feeling. Uh, sometimes you feel like you're nothing more than a number to the, to the people running the factory. All they care about is how much you can produce or how much, you know, all they care about is the numbers instead of the people. And whether or not that's true, it often feels that way. So uh, I can relate to the clones in that matter. <laughs> um, oh, and then another scene of dramatic music in which I, I had to note that the music is actually pretty good. I got to say the Clone Wars, they did they did a really good job on everything, if, including the music, which is often really, really good, especially for an animated series. 
They should have, if they haven't, they should have won awards for that. Anyway, so, um, the Clone Cadets ends, with, of course, with the clones finally working together, Domino Squad working together, and beating their test, and moving on to become soldiers in the army. Uh, so it was a pretty good episode overall about brotherhood and triumph. Um, so I have to say I enjoyed it. I definitely enjoyed it. Uh, but again, that's it for that. That was its own storyline, Domino Squad Part 1. There is a Domino Squad Part 2 that will be coming up soon. I look forward to that. But uh, next up, we move on to the next storyline, which is the Toydaria duology, which encompasses episode 303, Supply Lines, and episode 101, Ambush. So it actually has the third episode of the third season as part one of the storyline and then the first episode of the first season as part two of the storyline which is interesting so basically episode three 303 takes place before episode 101 and kind of ties right into episode one and so the episode 303 supply lines basically involves uh the planet Ryloth being invaded by the Trade Federation and uh, a couple, a handful, like a squadron of clones and one Jedi are assisting the Twi'leks or Twi'leks, however you prefer to say it, in their fight against the Trade Federation, but they are sadly overwhelmed, so it does not go well. But, um... So the episode starts with the quote, where there's a will, there's a way, which is an oldie, but definitely a good one. Um, it's definitely a good quote. And it starts off with, um, after you, after the, the initial, um, news reel, which I love that they do that on all the Clone Wars episodes. I kind of missed that on like the, like when they started up rebels and stuff, I was kind of like, Oh, I kind of missed the news reel bit, but I, I know it didn't. It didn't really fit in with Rebels. I get that, but I kind of missed it. So, I don't know. It was it was it's a fun addition. But anyway, after finding out about um Ryloth getting um overwhelmed and everything, uh they're trying they contact the Jedi Council to try to get more supplies, which they they can't the Jedi Council can't send more supplies. So they contact Senator uh, Bail Organa from Alderaan, you know, played by Jimmy Smith in the movies, who is on his Corellian Corvette, also known as a blockade runner. And I totally did not realize they had blockade runners uh, in in the Clone Wars era, which is cool. I totally forgot about that. Again, that is another reason why I am doing this rewatch experiment for all the things that I have forgotten. But anyway, um, so they, it's, it's, uh, Mace Windu and Obi-Wan talking to Bail Organa and telling him that he, they need him to help get some supplies to Ryloth. But in order to do that, they have to go to Toydaria and use that as kind of a, a, a stopping ground because they can't reach Ryloth on their own. And uh, 
that is when we realize that is when we find out from Obi-Wan that this episode will be heavy on the Jar Jar Binks um, representative Jar Jar Binks as he is a representative at this time and of course my reaction was oh Jar Jar oh boy next oh, I noticed a lot again as I'm watching this with the closed caption on there are a lot of descriptions there were a lot of descriptions particularly in this episode of of uh, things that ships are doing there were ships zooming there were ships rumbling. There were ships whirring. There were ships. Uh, there was a couple others that I can't remember how they described it, but there was always. It seemed to always be a different description of what the ship was doing. So <laughs> it was pretty interesting. Um, oh, so that brings me to my next note, which is I totally did not realize that Corellian Corvettes could land originally. Like when I. S- I have I have a couple of toys of Corellian Corvettes and I before the Clone Wars I never would have guessed that they can actually land that they had landing gear and everything and they can actually land on a planet. I had no idea I would not have guessed that. I wouldn't I would have thought they were not built to land. You know, like they would have to remain in orbit and I don't know. I need to I need to learn more about Corellian Corvettes, apparently. <laughs> so I guess I will do that. Um, oh, another example of ships humming. Great stuff. Great stuff. So there was a part in this episode where Bail Organa went to the King of Toydaria, which if you don't remember what Toydarians are, think of Watto in The Phantom Menace. Yeah. So Orga- Bail Organa went to go went with Jar Jar Binks to appease to the king of Toydaria, but the Trade Federation sent Lot Dodd to counter what Bail Organa was saying. So there was a scene where Bail Organa was in the throne room of the king, and he was having a diplomatic argument and pleading to the king to help out Ryloth, and you had Jar Jar Binks, Lot Dodd, and the Toydarians. So there were a lot of crazy accents going on in that moment. <laughs> a lot of crazy accents. Which is, I know, is one of the things, one of the complaints that people had about the prequel trilogy is some of the accents were a little ridiculous, but, you know. I mean, that's that. If you watch that scene, I guess you could understand that complaint, but Whatever. Oh, and one point, um, some of the Toydarians shout out, Inconceivable! So, of course, I had to say, I had to tweet a picture of that with the uh, phrase, I don't think that word means what you think it means. You know, little Princess Bride there. <laughs> yeah. Next up, there was a scene of the battle droids attacking the Twi'leks. Or Twi'leks. I prefer Twi'leks. I'm sorry. If you pref- if you prefer Twi'leks, that's fine. But I prefer Twi'leks. Although maybe it should be Twi'leks. Twi'leks, Twi'leks, tomato, tomato, whatever. Anyway, battle droids are attacking. And there's all kinds of blaster fire all over the place. And the closed caption says, blasters firing. To which my response was, just in case you couldn't tell by all the flashes going on on the screen, <laughs> there were blasters. Next up, I think 
and I don't know if this is official. I've heard stories that uh, Dave Filoni used the, you know, anyway. So there's a scene. You can see that some of the Ryloth, some of the, the head Ryloths are riding these creatures that appear to be the Blurgs from the Mandalorian. And if you've seen the Mandalorian, you know what I'm talking about. The the Blurgs were the creatures they were riding. They were a big part of the show. And this appears to be um, perhaps the initial introduction of the Blurgs without actually introducing them. They, they're just kind of in the background. But yeah, it looks like this is where the Blurgs originally came from. And I know I'm not the first one to say that. So yeah, I finally, I see, I see... What people are talking about now these definitely appear to be blurgs interesting um another th- other another thing i noted is watching this episode with bail organa trying to convince the king to help ryloth it does make me realize how difficult it must be to be a diplomat at times i mean people joke about diplomats and stuff but i think i think i think their role is very important and very and a lot more difficult than people realize trying to do peaceful negotiations and things like that while trying to you know like in this one Bail Organa had to try to negotiate uh negotiate a deal where the Toydarians could help the the Twi'leks but of course Lot Dodd and the Trade Federation were trying to call him out on it and saying that they were going to that would be an act of war and blah 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 so I get it. it. It can't be easy. Cannot be easy. But after the big throne room scene, there was a scene where the king uh, came to Bail Organa in private and said, look, I want we want to help, but we can't do it out in the open because then the Trade Federation will, you know, become our enemy and, and we're a neutral, a neutral planet, but we, we can't let the, the Twi'leks suffer. So so I was just thinking, it's nice to know that not all of the Toydarians are like Watto. <laughs> uh, next up, um, so there was a scene where Bail Organa was trying to sneak supplies off of Toydaria to get them to Ryloth in um, some more blockade runners. And so Jar Jar had to go to this big uh, dinner official dinner with the Toydarians and Lot Dodd and the Trade Federation and everything. And it was a scene where he had to distract them. So, of course, he went around, grabbed all their food and plates and tried to make this, you know, art piece, as he's as he called it. But it was kind of funny because as he was running around, I could see with the closed captioning, the things he was saying, which I might, which he was kind of muttering under his breath. So I might have ignored them if I hadn't seen them. But he was actually saying, you know, like actual things, like actual sentences. He wasn't just muttering. He was actually saying something, which was interesting. Just, just interesting of note. Ah, so I brought this up earlier in a previous episode. And it's something I still wonder about. So they go back to Ryloth and the, the battle on Ryloth. And we get some more dead clones. And I'm still wondering how, and I'm I, I'm not going to take account of it because it would be too much of a pain in the butt. But I wonder how many clones died during the making of the Clone Wars because it's kind of funny when you think about it. It's something 
somebody probably knows somewhere because it had to be, you know, animated and stuff, and it had to be somebody must be keeping track, must have kept track somewhere, right? Maybe someone in charge of the story or something. I don't know. Maybe Dave Filoni knows. Who knows? Um, and then again, they showed Bail Organa's Corellian Corvette on a landing pad, and I'm still surprised that the ship can land, because if you look at the design of it, it really doesn't look like a ship that would land. But I guess that's just me. So anyway, the the episode ends with Bail Organa arriving on Ryloth with supplies and helping everybody and saving the day. Yay! So we move on now to the next episode, which is episode 101. So we go back to the first episode of the first season. And that is an episode called Ambush. And it features uh, Yoda trying to meet up with the king of Toydaria to become, to get Toydaria to join the Republic. Because we found out in the previous episode that Toydaria was a neutral planet. So they wanted to, um, they didn't want to join either side because they wanted to remain neutral but because of everything that happened on ryloth the king of toydaria said you know what maybe it's time to join a side and it looks like the side i want to join is the republic because it looks to me like the republic is trying to help people so he sets up a meeting on a moon of toydaria with yoda and so the the episode involves Yoda coming to Toydaria and to meet with the king and getting ambushed by Asaj, Asaj Ventress and her droids. And um, there's kind of a cool thing where Yoda makes to show to show that. So Asaj is trying to tell the king of Toydaria that Yoda is useless. Yoda and his clones are useless. They don't have the strength to stand up to the droid army. The king of Toydaria should join the trade federation because they're the stronger side. And so she says she makes a deal where if she can capture Yoda before he reaches the king, then the king will agree that the trade federation is stronger and will join them. Um, And the king says he doesn't want to do that, but Yoda says, Hey, I'll do it. Bring it on. So on, on you will bring it or whatever you know <laughs> that, was, that was probably the worst yoda ever um but yeah so this episode starts with the the quote great leaders inspire greatness greatness in others and that is true because this episode is about how yoda not only yoda succeeding in thwarting asajj ventress but also how he convinces how he shows his clones what you know how he shows his clones what their worth is which is pretty interesting and again this is even though it was the first episode of the first season it follows the continues with the negotiations that were started in episode three of the third season so it's interesting how they did that and it makes me wonder how about the planning of the episodes and everything Oh man, I would really love to to interview some of that. I would love to interview Dave Filoni, but even some of the heads, some of the people higher ups in the involved with Clone Wars, to find out how all of this came together. 
I would love to find that out. Um, and then I noted that it's kind of during the course of the Clone Wars animated series that you truly get to see just how wise Yoda actually is. Because other than that, you have um, you have Empire Strikes Back and a little bit of Return of the, of the Jedi where he's just kind of this old, wise creature. And you get to see in the prequel movies some of his wisdom, of course, but a lot of it, a lot of it, a lot of it is pushed aside by all the other stuff going on. But in the Clone Wars, there's some great episodes with Yoda that really show... Um, really show how how truly wise Yoda is. Including this episode, where uh, at one point, just as he's about to go through this whole ordeal fighting the battle droids and everything, he still manages to find find time to look up to the stars and say, amazing the universe is. And coming from Yoda, I mean, that really does mean something. Ah, My next note is, I don't know why, but in this particular episode, the droids seemed even dumber than usual. Maybe maybe because they gave Asajj Ventress the dumb droids for this mission. Who knows? But I don't know. Or maybe just because we got into there and see the droids a little more. But they just seemed even dumber than normal. I mean, the battle droids are dumb in general, which still baffles me because, I don't know, I guess if they're cannon fodder, I guess, fine. But if you're going to have an army built of droids shouldn't you give them some intelligence just so they know it or maybe you'd be worried about them using their intelligence to turn on you or i don't know there's a lot there's a lot of a lot of questions there that i'd like answered but anyway so there's a there's of course a, a thing of uh yoda telling his clones that it doesn't matter that his size doesn't matter because you know, even though he's a small little guy, which was pointed out a few times in this episode, um, how small he is, he's still pretty powerful. Uh, so, of course, he said, see, see, size is not everything. Hmm? And then he said, smaller in number are we, but larger in mind. And then he, g- <laughs> according to the closed captioning, he giggled. <laughs> it was just like, oh, Yoda. Um. One thing that was cool about this episode, it was kind of interesting. There were some interesting ways in which Yoda, Yoda used the Force to fight the battle droids, and that was a lot of fun. Oh, and then, of course, there was one of my favorite types of droids, the Droid Dekas, also known as the Destroyer Droids. And I don't know, I just really like them, and I'm always happy to see them more utilized. I didn't think they got enough use in the films, so I always enjoy seeing them. They're one of my favorite types of droids. Um, and then not to get a little philosophical for a moment, I said, uh, I tweeted out, uh, I wonder what it feels like to actually be a clone among clones. I mean, they know, they know they're clones. It's not like they don't know. So they know they're, they know what they are. They know what their purpose is. So what does, what does that mean for your life if you were a clone, one of the clones in the clone army? And it's not like you were cloned and then sent down into the world. You're cloned. You know you're a clone. You know every single one around you has your face, but not necessarily your personality. But does that ever make it hard for clones, I wonder? Is it hard to be a clone? 
just being another, I don't know. I just, I feel like there could be an interesting philosophical argument you could have there. And I really wonder about that. Did some clones maybe not take it well when they realized what they were? How soon do you tell them what they are? I don't know. There's a lot of, a lot of interesting questions and thoughts I had about that. Very, very, very curious. I would like to have a discussion with somebody about that. But anyway, moving on. There's a part where during one of the battles where Yoda jumps up into the air and he deflects some laser blasts and then he comes down and he does the superhero landing. That's right. Everybody knows the superhero landing, especially if you watch Deadpool. (laughs) And uh, I guess the... Even the Jedi can fall victim to the superhero landing. Admittedly, it it does look cool when he lands and then he ignites his lightsaber and stuff. But, you know, it's still funny. Oh, and then we have some more wisdom from Yoda. So he Yoda, of course, Yoda succeeds and he makes it to the to the king and he fights off the battle droids and he fights off Asajj. He kind of kicks Asajj's butt because he's way more powerful than she is. Um and so Asajj, you know, kind of sneaks away and he says, Yoda says, in the end, cowards are those who follow the dark side. So remember that, kids. Don't be a coward. Don't go to the dark side, even though they do have better cookies. Uh, yeah. So I kind of like that this was actually the first episode of the Clone Wars cartoon because it's a really good episode to start with, even though... It is not the first storyline, but it was still a pretty good episode overall, and uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. But that is that is the end of uh that is the end of this episode of the Star Wars chronological rewatch experiment. I have come to the end of both storylines, and uh, I guess that's all I have to say for now. Uh, so, you know, stay tuned to future episodes, uh, I will, as I continue the rewatch experiment. And of course I do a, a lot of other things on this podcast as well. I recently did an episode about collecting where I gathered a panel of my fellow geeks together to talk about the ology, the geekology of collecting. And I plan on doing other geekology episodes about other things. I'm looking to do, I'm thinking about doing maybe a cosplay one soon. I need to get in touch with some cosplayers about that. Um, And of course, I've done some other things. We have the monthly comics cast every month. And another one of those should be coming up soon where um, I get together with the cosmic comic guru, Dario, and the world's creative sidekick, Paul, to review some comics and uh, have some discussions about comic related things. And there's some crazy stuff going at DC going on at DC comics that I'm sure we'd like to discuss. So, uh, please feel free to check out that as well as, you know, there'll be other things, um, other things on this podcast as well. I have some other ideas on things. Uh, so should be fun. So please continue to listen. And of course, soon, Soon enough, I will have another episode of the Star Wars chronological rewatch experiment for you. But in the meantime, that's going to do it for us this evening. I thank you all for listening. I really do appreciate it. 
Um, and, uh, you know, until next time, please stay safe out there, everybody. And of course, may the force be with you all. Good night, everybody. Yeah. To contact the New England Society of Geeks, you can email us at nesogpod at gmail.com. That's n-e-s-o-g-pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at nesogpodcast. That's n-e-s-o-g podcast. Find us on Facebook on our New England Society of Geeks podcast page. Follow us on Instagram at Pod. That's N-E-S-O-G pod. Finally, if you could find it in your hearts, we would appreciate it if you could give us a rating or possibly a review on wherever you listen to this podcast. Thank you and good night. Oh, oh, hello there. I see you've made it to the end of the program. And welcome. And thank you for sticking with me. And as a reward for sticking with me, I'd like to give you a little fun fact. Just for fun. And so, this particular fun fact has come out from a an article put out by Mental Floss called The 135 Amazing Facts for People Who Like Amazing Facts. And this particular fact is about Dolly Parton. It's quite interesting. And it is, uh, since founding the Imagination Library in 1995, Dolly Parton has donated 100 million books to children. That is a pretty cool thing. And uh, congratulations to Dolly Parton on that accomplishment. And uh, here's to many more children getting many more books from Dolly Parton's foundation. But anyway, there was a fun little fact for you for the end of the show. I hope you enjoyed it. And until next time, good night, everybody.